The Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by our friends at Main Street Pharmacy. Located right on Main Street in Blacksburg, Virginia, Main Street Pharmacy is proudly owned by a Hokie family and has been a partner of this podcast since 2020. MSP offers free delivery, curbside pickup, and vaccinations as well. If you are a student or resident in the Blacksburg area, you can always trust that at Main Street Pharmacy, you are not just a number, you are a neighbor. Everybody, it is Friday, February 24th, another beautiful day in Northern Virginia. It's around 5.15, getting ready for the weekend, but we have a special guest, a special guest who, this is long, long overdue. Josh Fuga is our Athlete of the Week. Josh Fuga hails from Woodbridge, Virginia. He's a senior defensive tackle from Freedom High School, shout out, first time on the podcast. And Josh, I got to say, that's on me. That's my fault. So welcome to the Sons of Saturday, man. We're happy to have you. Well, first and foremost, I appreciate you having me, man. It's all good. You know, it's just my my turn, I guess. So it's all good, man. Let's do this. I won't be the last time, man. It won't be the last time. So I appreciate your time. Um, first question we ask every single athlete that comes on. Um, looking back, your primary recruiters back in the day, you can go ahead and turn it, look up the 24-7 picture, Josh Fuga. Looked a lot younger than he did now. No hair on the chinny chin chin. <laughs> but your primary recruiters were Coach Foster and Coach Wiles. Shout out to both of them, icons in the Virginia Tech community. But ultimately, what made you choose Virginia Tech in your recruiting process? Uh, so being from Northern Virginia, Woodbridge uh, specifically, it was Virginia Tech is, is a place where it's far from home, but not that far. You know, I'm, I'm very family oriented. Uh, I like to do things with family. Like to go see them. Like love to go see my brothers, uh, grandparents, and all my parents. And so it, it was far, but then it's not to where oh, every weekend I could just go home. You know, so it's a four hour drive. But just to be in state, just to say I I stayed home and played football, did all all my years of college ball at home. You know, I, it couldn't get any better than that. Awesome. Well, we're certainly glad you did choose Virginia Tech. And the next question I have came from Taiwan Garbett. Months ago, when we interviewed him after the Boston College game, we learned a little bit about the Yard Dogs, the Yard Dogs, the defensive line. Can you elaborate a little bit on what that is? Tell us a little bit more about that culture. Uh, it's a, the Yard Dogs is, is a, a mentality state. Uh, it, it's something that was implied by Coach Price. Uh, so it's either, you know, when you walk across the street and you see a dog outside guarding a house, are you, are you the dog that's outside guarding a house or are you just the dog that's inside just being a house dog, you know? But it's really a mindset, you know? You you, you throw a ball across the yard, the dog's going to get it. He's going to come back and he's going to keep coming back and keep coming back till he's tired. So it's just really a mindset that we need on the field to have every play, every rep, and every single moment that we get on that field. And I think that's so important to the fabric that is Virginia Tech. We talk about the lunch pail and we talk about kind of that mentality, but it's something that was infectious and I dealt with it 
um, primarily on scout team against uh, Luther Maddie, Daddy Nicholas, mm-hmm. Ricky Walker. You know, when you look back at some of the great Virginia Tech defensive linemen, who are some that you study, some that you look up to, or even some that you played with for a few years that impacted your game? Oh, I, first, it has to be Coach Price, uh, J.C. Price. So it, it, it's his mentality that he always talks about every meeting. He, he always talks about how it was back then and what he went through and what that team went through to get to the uh, championship. So it was just a lot of lot of things that he installed in my brain to the necessary mindset to have in the game, you know, and then we, we got Cornell Brown. So it, it's just those two really is what really stands out to me. Uh, Tim Settle, he went to Stonewall uh, back in Northern Virginia. Um, just a lot of guys that's in state, you know, that just that just had that mindset, that necessary mindset for a D lineman to have, and they proved it on the gridiron. So it's just coming from having a coach that comes from that era to try to install it into the new game that we're in right now is, is, is crazy. So tell me a little bit about Coach Price's coaching style. Aside from the yard dog stuff and his incredible success at Virginia Tech, what is he like off the field? What has he been like as a mentor to you and your teammates? Off the field, he's probably one of the chillest guys that you can be around. You know, he you can go out to him. He loves jokes. Um, he and, and he's just really supportive off the field. On the field, I'll say he he's a coach to be a perfectionist coach, meaning that you're going to do this specific movement, this specific call, and what he likes to call it, 10,000 hours. You're going to do that call and try to master it. And he, he found out that in order to master something, it takes 10,000 hours. So it, it, he's a professionalist when it comes to that. So whether we're moving laterally, going upfield, working our pass rush, working hand placements, we're going to keep doing it every day, day in and day out. He's going to be hard on it. You know, because it's something that, again, is something it's a necessary for a D lineman to have. So, for him to be a professionalist coach, in my opinion, is is a good thing to have. And the defensive line, when I was kind of looking at the roster, tell us a little bit about that room. You got some vets. Narell Pollard's coming back. Kendricks is coming back. Payne is coming back. We have some new faces from young guys. Uh, guys from the transfer portal. Can you kind of break down some of the guys in that room? What does the leadership look like? Um, and what are your expectations for this year out of that room? Oh, the leadership um, is it, really the guys that, that was in my class, like Pollard and Kendrick, the 2019 class. We have that leadership role right there from us three really takes on and really tries to imply it to the younger guys that's in that room. Um, and you also got younger guys trying to, help on younger guys when one of us three is not available or, or anything like that. You know, we have a lot of guys trying to pick up everybody and that room specific. It's a lot of guys that's in there that either played in last season or seen what the outcome was and knows what the standard is. So we're going to have like two new faces as of right now. I know we have a couple more coming in the summer, but right now that that would be the room where nothing really has changed because a lot of guys experienced what college football is supposed to be and how it's supposed to be played. So that room, it, it has a lot of experience and has that enough leadership for that room to be good. And before we move on to the entire team, looking at yourself, looking at the D-line as a whole, what are the biggest areas of focus and improvement 
for you guys moving into the 2023 season? Um, it's just really the details, uh, that that whole room or yeah, that whole room needs is the to understand that what happens off the field reflects what happens inside that facility, what happens on the field. So we just really need to hone in on our details, know that the details is what's gonna help us take that next step to perfect our game come Saturdays. So I've harped on this over and over and over again. I am aware of the strain level and what you guys are going through with spring ball and with these workouts, had it with mm-hmm. coach Beamer on the mat drills, had it with coach Fuente with the Colorado drills. Um, but for those who don't understand, can you kind of walk me through, tell us what these hunger drills are and walk me through kind of how packed your day is right now. Cause everybody's kind of like, okay, so football's in the off season. They've got a lot going on. They got a lot going on and they're getting up really early. So walk me through a typical day when you have the hunger drills going on. Shoot, we just had one today, uh, this morning. So, so as a D line, I'll I'll just say as a D line perspective, we have to be in the building, say here when we're here, thirty minutes prior to when we have to report on the field. So, hunger drill starts at six, but Coach Price wants us on the field ready at five fifty. So. You got to text here by at least 530, Oh, there's check-ins. It's a here. Oh, yeah, it's a here. You got to okay. text here. And if you don't say here by that time, he's on you. He's on you like Waddle Rice. Um, so for me, for my personal experience, I wake up. I got to give myself two hours before anything. Josh. I do. Josh, what, what are you doing for two hours? Because I, I remember we had to be there at 6 too. And I was, it was me, CJ Carroll, Mike Santa Maria rolling out of bed at five, five thirty-five, throw on the pants. Now we were on the field ten, five minutes, ten minutes before it got started, but I was pushed a little bit. So what are you doing for two hours? That you got a coffee routine, doing some yoga. What's going on in the morning? Nah, so it, this really dates back to my high school days when uh, my high school coach really tried to make it tell us how it is for college ball. So he told us that whenever you got to wake up in the morning for a football workout, put your alarm clock across the room. Turn your phones off. So it makes you get up physically to go turn off the alarm clock. So that's something I did. But for me, knowing how I am as a person, not just as a football player, I need time to get my mind right, to do what I got to do in the morning, uh, to shower. I can't leave the house without showering. I can't. That's just something with me. I always shower in the morning, no matter what time it is, no matter the what, what I got going on. So I got a shower. Um, then I'll probably sit down, clean my room for a little bit, and then leave the house. And I'm in, I'm texting here by like 4.30. What time's your alarm going off? Like 3, 3.10, 3, <laughs> 3.10. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Well, and then can you kind of walk us through what, you get to the hunger drills. It's five fifty. Mm-hmm. Whistle blows. What's happening? Yeah. So when everybody's in there, you you meet up with your position coaches. Uh, do a little bit of stretching. Get hyped up for the hunger drills, and then Coach Pryor will blow it up. The whole team will bring it up. He'll he'll do his little spill, and then we'll do our dynamic warm up as a team. And after that, it takes about like ten minutes to get through that warm up. Then we'll all go through the agile bags. We're all in a line by your position group. 
and we'll do like five, six reps on the agile bag. Then we'll do, we'll break off into indie. So we're going to individual group, work on stand. So there is a little football incorporated into the hunger drills, you know, because so, winter comes before spring. So you got to prepare for spring ball. So we'll do a little bit of that. And then right after Indy, the horn blows for hunger drills. It's game time. Yeah, it's game time. Game so time. it'll be like six o'clock on the dot, you know, when it when it blows. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's like six or seven stations that were all scattered around that, but you're with your position group. So say one drill, we'll start off on the mat drills. Gotta do up downs, shuffles, roll arounds. You, you, then you sprint. So then that's one drill. Then you're there for like six minutes. You run to the next drill, which will be prowler pushes. Then the next drill will be run around the hoops. Then it'll be a reacting drill. Then it'll be five, 10, fives and, and a sprint drill. So it, it might sound easy, quote unquote. Easy. I don't know who's listening to this and saying that's easy. <laughs> well, it, it, I know when I explain it, the two people they say man that's nothing yeah this ain't a trip to the ymca this is- <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah because i know when i used to always explain what colorado's were they'll be like man that's mm. nothing I'm like, All right, show man. up at five show yeah, up at six at yeah go ahead miss go ahead be a 501 see what happens but it's it the the drills have you to where you go finish the one rep you're coming back and doing the next rep in like 30 seconds so right a lot of competition so mm. they'll put you or match you up with guys from in your position or guys that come over from another group that'll be mixed in with that position so like for example uh the first day i was lined up against rio and then the next day norell was lined up against nick gallo mm. a lot of competition and they're really trying to install that mindset that competitive mindset that is necessary for football so they're really hunger drills mimics what a game like environment is it feels like the only way to really explain it is you know you can go into okay we run around we do this we do that it is an all-out sprint with the environment of like an oklahoma drill for an hour is is what it is Mm -hmm. um the one thing i've always said is I wish I could have worn like a Fitbit or like an Apple watch during it <laughs> and to understand kind of where your heart rate is at and everything else. It is extremely, extremely intense. Oh, yeah. um, before we, before we talk, uh, I had a couple other observations from that. I want to ask you about from, from that, but uh, I always harp on the importance of this time aside from getting into shape, understanding what strain is um, doing some of the individual work, which you guys are doing. The most important thing, in my opinion, that comes out of these workouts is it is a culture-building atmosphere. Uh, You find out who's a leader. You find out who's going to show up when stuff's really hard. uh, And ultimately, you find out who has has that dog in them, who on the team has that dog in them. Um, And it is as important as anything that you do as a team is the workouts that are going on six, eight months before the season even starts. Mm -hmm. So who are the folks, whether they're newcomers from the transfer portal Younger guys, um, who have kind of jumped off and surprised you and have kind of taken, uh, whether it's a leadership role or have shown you like, okay, that's a guy that I can trust. Oh, a guy that I can say that really, I wouldn't say surprised me, but really took that step forward and be like, okay, you are going to be able to count on me 
whenever my number or my name is called. And it's it's both of the twins and uh Jordan and Jaden McDonald. Um Jordan plays DN for us, so he he's in my in that room. Um so but he you just watch them both work, you watch him, Jordan work, he's a go-getter. He he's just gonna get off and he's just gonna give you his old best. Um another one is CJ McCray. Um his get off is, is and remarkable. Um one that really surprised me that is he doesn't say I probably he probably said no more than like 20 words to me since he got here. But he's a worker and I see it. And it's a transfer from um transfer quarterback is uh from Baylor, uh Chiron. Mm-hmm. You know, he he's a guy that's gonna really put his foot his best foot forward as yep. well as Taz Bullock, another quarterback. Like Taz came in what 2020. Jersey guy. Yeah, from New Jersey. And yep. he has done nothing but work, work, work. That's, I think that's all he knows. And he's and sometimes I'll catch him in the players' lounge at like six o'clock doing academic things. But you'll see him on Saturdays or Sundays in the indoor just throwing the ball inside of a net. He's a guy that just embodies that work mentality. There's some guys in the room, obviously, like the O'Heads, Norell and Rio and Panay, Cole Nelson. Yep. There's a lot of guys that just has that experience that really just embodies that work ethic mentality. Some of the things in uh, I'm more so doing this uh, from a nostalgia factor. Some of the things that people don't think that would bother you, the prowlers, when you're done with these drills, you are picking turf out of your eyeballs. If you don't have contacts, you are picking turf out of your eyeballs for two. You'll be in class picking turf and, uh, and turf pellets out of your eyes. That's one of the things. Um, I mean, the wake up, wake up is just crazy. Um, and it's freezing cold in the indoor. Nobody talks about how cold it is in the indoor. It is not heated. It's definitely not. Uh, but surprisingly, we haven't had one of those days where it was okay. completely cold. It was one day where, okay, you might throw in a long seat, but it wasn't mm. like crazy cold. But I do, it does get cold. Like for mm. Colorado's, yeah, cold. Coach, I love, uh, I guess one more thing. Can you just talk about Coach Galt? Because he is bringing the juice every single day. I just want to hear a little. I I, I want to meet this guy. I want to hear more about him. Can you tell me a little bit about Coach Galt? Oh yeah, Coach, you just hit it right there. You just you just hit hit it. So he's a guy that brings the juice every single day. Like if you feel like you can't go, he's gonna push you to to make you go. You know, and he's a very approachable guy. He he wants to talk to you. He wants to conversate with you, and, and he wants to know how you're doing, how you feeling, and still he'll he'll. Give you a, a a slap on the back, be like, "Come on, let's hit this set. Come on, let's do." And sometimes he'll he'll do a set with you, My, meaning that say we're squatting, he's gonna squat with you, and everything. So he he's that guy that that'll bring that juice. So he's a juice guy. Hey guys, this is Ali Jennings the third wide receiver for your Virginia Tech Hokies. When I committed to Virginia Tech football, I committed to the best. That's why I chose Harvey's GM in Radford. Why settle for less when you can have the best? Go to Harvey's GM for all of your vehicle needs. Tell them Ali sent you. That's Harvey's GM, Tyler Ave in Radford, or go to their website at harveysgm.com for more info.
So we're moving into our rapid fire segment. These are some football. There's some fun, um, but we're going to kick it off here. So my first question is my favorite one to ask. If you could have dinner with four people, dead or alive, who are those four people and where are you going to eat? Oh, where I'm going to eat is Ruth Chris. Okay. Those four people will be Jeff Bezos, Troy Polamalu, um, who else? Uh, man, this is this is hard. Jeff Bezos, Troy Polamalu, Rihanna. Okay. Rihanna and um, my baby brother. <laughs> okay. I was gonna add that was my next question. Celebrity crush. It's got to be Rihanna. I surprisingly, it was J Lo before I seen the Super Bowl. Uh, <laughs> Super Bowl before I'm like, damn, Rihanna might be number one. Shout out to Rihanna. Yeah, we've gotten that was probably the quickest we've ever gotten the rapid fire one. Um, that's a good that's a good four at Ruth's Chris. Uh, we can make sure that Jeff Bezos pays for that. You don't need to be covering that bill. Um, so I noticed last year you were on the Polynesian football player of the ward list. Uh, as a Polynesian yourself, Josh Fuga, tell me about some Polynesian food cuisine. Do you have a favorite? Um, I am not a connoisseur in Polynesian culture or food, so please enlighten me. Oh, there's, ooh, there's a lot. Uh, there is a lot. Uh, Polynesian, you got you got the the side dishes, um, Hawaiian roll, uh, lumpia. Uh, the traditional lumpia will be just uh, what we call we call spring rice or long rice with just hamburger meat. All wrapped up in like a little to keep like a to like something you get from Seven Eleven carbs. Yeah, so it will just you just bite mm. one of those. Uh, my dad he loves this. Uh, it's a root called taro, T A R O, and it's mixed and it's boiled and mixed with coconut milk. It looks good. I haven't tried it, but he loves that thing. Um, it's many more that I can't. It's so much more that I really can't mm -hmm. think of off the top. Uh, Claw pig, which is just um, ripped up pig, and just eat that with some rice. But just just know every Polynesian food is gonna have some type of rice with it. Okay. Uh, you got the traditional breakfast is rice, eggs, and spam, or bacon, some type of protein. But yeah, it's just a lot of a lot of those foods. Who is the funniest player on the team? Oh, the funniest player I got right now, to me, I got two of them. Okay. It's Mario Kendricks and Miles Ellis. Those two crack me up every day. What is their – so everybody's got a different type of comedy. Is it is it the subtle comments that somebody doesn't hear? Is it being goofy? Um, what makes them the funniest dudes on the team? So for Miles, when, when he – it's just the way he talks, like the way he talks, and when he complains, like when he complains or just try to bark back, it's just like little brother barking up at big brother, like <laughs> that voice. So it will always crack me up, and he be dead serious too. Like sometimes mm -hmm. dead serious. Um, for Mario, it's just he be impersonating some things. Um, it's just really his laugh and his, and his face and just everything. Like me and him just. We'll just look at each other. We'll just start laughing, <laughs> cracking up like two minutes straight. Yeah, those those two are very funny to me. 
So I usually ask about odd pregame routines. Uh, we've been doing that with the women's basketball team, men's basketball team, any sports that are going on. But you're not going on. You're, you don't. There's no pregame routines going on right now. So who has the weirdest locker room routine on the team? Like I look back at my days, DJ Reed played running back for us, and he would sit. He would sit in the hot tub for like 40 minutes straight every day. He'd be in there called Hot Tub Reed. 40 minutes before practice, 40 minutes after practice, sweating. Just, just sitting in there and marinating. Um, so I'm curious: is there anybody who has a weird locker room type routine on the team right now? <clears throat> um, right. Now. It might be you showing up at 3:30 in the morning. I don't, I don't know, but I, I don't know who it is. I'm just, I'm just a very punctual guy. But, okay. Um, for the team right now, I, I wouldn't. Off the top of my head, I really can't think of somebody on the team right now. But there is, there was one of my past teammates that I'll look at him. I'm like, bro, like, you going to make it through the game? <laughs> it will be Rayshard Asby. Rayshard Asby. So we're, we'll, it's a home game. We'll pull up. You know, we'll do warm-ups. Like, you have that time, I think, like 30, 45 minutes mm-hmm. as soon as you pull up to do whatever you have to do before you, the team or position group get called up. So sometimes I will go down to the game field and just take in what I'm out of playing. I will look down on the other side of the field. This man is literally running laps around the whole entire field in a full sweat. I'm like, we just had pregame meal, and you out here sweating it off. Like, what are you going to eat? And then next thing you know, he'll play all four quarters. 15 I'm, tackles. Three yeah, TFLs. Three tackles yeah. in like two seconds. I'm like, what the heck? So I'm like, dang. And one time I, I try to like do a full little sprint down the field. I'm like, yeah, that's ain't me. I don't know how he do it. But yeah, he just be in a full on every game, away or home. He'll be doing that. Just run laps around the field. <laughs> Favorite memory as a Hokie, both on the field and off the field? Oh, on the field is. 2021 game opener against UNC when we beat them. Very crazy. That was all timer. That was the craziest game. Yeah, even it, it for me it tops when we beat them 2019 for six overtimes. That that game, the 2021 game, tops that. Uh, the environment awesome. of that game. I, I, I the only thing I can compare it to. And there were so many other things. It's hard to compare it to this because you factor in how long it's been since people have been in Lane Stadium, how early people were there. But the environment of that game was so reminiscent of the 2015 Ohio State game. And to have an environment like that against the top team and win the game, um, man, it was uh, it has to be one of my favorite. It has to be one of my favorite memories. And I'm the same as you, man. 2019 was a the six overtime game was fantastic, but. There was something special about that day. Um, that was an all-timer. Yeah, it, re- it really was. And off the field, got to be me graduating last December. Point blank period. That was the, the biggest achievement of my life so far. And the greatest moment or memory that I have here at Virginia Tech to be called a Virginia Tech alum and celebrated with friends and family that came up. You know, that that's those two are my favorite moments here at Tech. I want to ask you a little bit about that because uh, I remember when you posted, you, you had it go out, 
And in the age of the transfer portal and the age of, of guys moving on or, or doing whatever, and I want everybody to do what's best for them. But to me, when I look back at my time, the relationship I had with Virginia Tech, and you don't really realize how impactful and special the moment is of actually graduating because, and I want to word this the right way, it's not in the, it's not like riding shotgun next to you, but you have so many other responsibilities with football and everything else that you have to do. But to have that moment and share it with all of those other students that their primary goal was to graduate and everybody else has other stuff to do, but that was such a special moment that I didn't think I thought I'd wake up at on that day and it would just be sad because my time at tech was over, but it turned into being such a more damn, I really did this moment. Um, yeah. so what did that mean for your family? Who, who came up? What did you, how did you celebrate <laughs> that weekend? Oh man, I had my whole entire family come up from my brothers to my parents, uh, my aunt, uncle, cousins, then I had my god sisters come up, um, and I had one of my best friends come up. So it was just to really walk across the stage and say, I did something. Like, in my caption, I know I said there was a question that I did. I did a, a podcast as well but prior to graduation, and they said, what could you say to your 18-year-old self, 18 year old self right now? And I said, I did it. So walk across that stage, in my mind, I'm like, yo, like, you about to cross the stage and you're about to receive something that nobody could take from you. You know, it, and it's, it's just very, it's a surreal moment. And throughout the whole commencement, I'm sitting next to a guy that was just a student there and he didn't know who I was. I didn't know who he was, but he just kept looking. He was like, bro, like you big, like, do you play on the team? <laughs> he was, I was like, yeah, I do. And then we just started chopping it up and just talking about Virginia Tech football. We started talking about his time as a student talk about my time and it's just you get the best of both worlds on in the different perspectives that you uh that you won't get to really see or experience as an athlete vice versa as him as a student so he was astonished of how my schedule was and i was astonished of how much time he had on on his on his life here yeah his time here at tech but it was just really a very surreal moment because everything just opened up and made me realize that this is a moment that I'll never forget for the rest of my life. That's man. special, man. That is very, that's special. Um, I guess the last couple questions that I have for you, uh, goals for your senior year on the field and off the field, uh, off the field, finishing my second degree in criminology this December. Um, uh, easy. So that I got to finish that one. Double degreed up. Let's double, go, man. Let's double, go. Double, double. Yes, sir. And on the field is – they talk about being a tangible goal, but for a team, I just want to make it to the, the championship as a team. You know, it's not, not no personal accolades. I'm not looking for that because we all can get that you know, at some point, but as a team, I want this year for the 2023 season say that Virginia Tech has made it to the ACC championship, is going to compete, and we're going to win the thing. So that that's a goal for me. You've alluded to it a couple of times, and we'll end with this. 
What does Virginia Tech mean to you? Aside from your teammates, aside from football, like what does Virginia Tech mean to you? Because one of the one of the awesome things is there everybody that's on the team has a relationship with Virginia Tech. But but you specifically and there are other people who imbi- who embrace everything that comes with Virginia Tech. And you're not just here to play football. You're not just here to get a degree. Like you seem to be fully ingrained in the Virginia Tech community. I just wanted to ask you what Virginia Tech, what Blacksburg, what the New River Valley, what has that meant to you over your time? Over my time, just to really think about it right now, is Virginia Tech is a getaway. Meaning that, you know, you have your vacation spots for like, what, Barbados, Bora Bora, wherever, but Virginia Tech, Blacksburg itself is a getaway. And just know for like for me personally, when I how I grew up and where I where I grew up, you know, it was really time for me to really just get away from where I grew up and just my norm that I built in Northern Virginia. So me coming to Virginia Tech was probably the the best decision of my life so far right now. So the getaway, you know, you have a lot of experience to where you meet these different peoples of different levels of of authority over here and you just get to really experience the knowledge that that people have for you and it's it's free knowledge just having a simple conversation with somebody that you may never that you never cross paths with you know is is just knowledge and it's just free game and it's just crazy so just me to say it's a getaway it really is in, in a mental emotional way and i really i really love this place so it has a special place in my heart I lied to you. Last one. <laughs> when football is over, what do you want to do? What do you envision yourself doing? Now, I'm not going to hold you accountable to it. When I was when I graduated, I thought I was going to coach. I thought I was going to be, man. I thought about gym teacher. I thought about all sort. I thought about all sorts of stuff. I ended up doing sales, and now I do this. So, what 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 do you want to do with your uh, with your two degrees when you step away from the game? Uh, so obviously, you know, the first goal is definitely try my side in the league. Um, you know, and always got to have a plan B, C, and D. So, obviously, whenever my time is up in the league, I want to stay as close to the game as possible. So, I, I want to become a D-line coach. And then, obviously, aside of that, I want to do real estate, become a realtor. Um, that doesn't happen then. This graduation, I mean, uh, this degree right now in criminology will help me set up some jobs to become an FBI agent. And my mom knows some family friends that are looking for FBI agents. I just got done talking to some of them uh, about a month ago. They was like, look, so as you're done with that degree, so as you're done with football, come talk to me. I got some positions lined up for you, as well as a position, uh, football position coach. Um, I got some spots lined up in different areas where they say, hey, whenever you're done with Virginia Tech ball, whenever you're done with the league, come here and coach. So I have a lot of things lined up for me as well as the real estate um, role, but it's a lot of things, real estate, coaching, FBI agent, NFL, all that crazy things. Josh, I have no doubt that whatever you do, you're going to be successful in it. I really appreciate your time. Let's do this again. I know that we waited, we waited long enough to get you on. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, we're rooting for you, man. Best of luck in this 2023 season. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. i
down to wander, tripping in the sand. We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand. But I saw you dance like you want to in my head. And all that she said is, Oh, I know just what you're thinking. to you.